Welcome to Hey, I'm Writing, the podcast where we take a behind-the-scenes look at the messier side of the publishing world that most people aren't talking about and check out origin stories and lessons from authors that you know and love. Now, in today's episode, the very first episode of the Hey, I'm Writing podcast, we are chatting with Sarah K.L. Wilson, who happens to be a dear friend of ours over at my live broadcast talk show, Young Adult Edition. Now, Sarah has been a prolific writer over the last three and a half years, and she is incredibly knowledgeable and so giving of her time. So today's episode is going to be packed with information, especially if you are trying to get into the industry or you've been in the industry for a little bit and you want to level up your author game. So we're breaking down exactly how Sarah came to be in the publishing world, what she's doing with her books and what she's learned along the way and tips and tricks that can help you to grow as well within your publishing career as well. I'm KM Robinson, your host, and we are going to dive in for this incredible information packed first episode of the podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Sarah K.L. Wilson, welcome to Hey, I'm Writing. I am so excited to hang out. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Cam. I'm so excited that you're here. We haven't hung out since the last time you were on Young Adult Edition. You've actually been on a couple of times. You've been talking all about your writing, and we're going to dig into that today and your publishing story. So let's jump right in. How did you end up getting your very first book published? So I had a book that I wanted to publish right before I got pregnant with my son. And um, after I'd had him, I wrote two more in the series and I wrote them on Wattpad, that uh, fun little website you can put up your your books a chapter at a time. And after I had them all up on there, I decided I was going to try and publish to Kindle. So I I took um, Mark Dawson's Ads for Authors course and learned uh, how, to, how to do the whole shebang in his group there. And I set up my book on Kindle. I made my own cover, and I just published it like that. That's amazing. And you are strictly indie, right? Yes, I am. I do all my own publishing. I have my own publishing company now. But when I started out, it was just me and my book. That's amazing. And how many books have you put out at this point? I think I'm at 57. That's amazing. And you've been in the industry for three and a half years. And that's a lot of books for a very short amount of time. How do you feel about that? I feel amazing about that. I I love writing books. And it's amazing that we can publish them now ourselves. And so that they get out there and people can read them and tell you what they think about them and enjoy the story with you. I'm such a big indie fan, and I know that I bring you on to Young Adult Edition all the time because you are just such a wealth of information and knowledge. So I want to jump in. What did you learn early on within your career that could maybe benefit some of the people who are just starting to get into the industry right now? I think the first thing that I learned that was really important was how to connect with other indie authors. The neat thing about the indie author community is we're really supportive of each other and people can help you with questions you have. Or if you have a problem, you might not realize it, but it might be a problem for everybody and there's already people brainstorming ways to fix it. And as soon as you can start plugging in and getting to know other people who write books like yours or have the same kind of problems you have, the better. Because once you get to know some other people, you can kind of work together almost as friends in the industry. And I think that's the first thing that really helped me um, was when I made a couple friends. And I think that's really important. Do you feel like you've built a really strong team of other indie authors around you to support you within your writing? Yeah, I have, a, I have about 
six to eight really good indie friends and we probably hang out every day online. We talk about writing, we talk about the business, we talk about the character development and any problems going on in our books. And I think without them, I would not be nearly where I am today. <laughs> I think it's really important to develop those friendships and have those connections and to have an outside look at your business because sometimes it's really hard to see what you're doing within your own business, but having that outside opinion really helps to kind of shape what you're doing. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and they inspire me to do things I wouldn't have thought of doing. Like one of the girls re really got on me this year about getting serious about Instagram and I, I was not serious about it, but watching what she was doing, I was thinking, yes, I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram's my favorite. We know this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of social media, we're going to let everybody know where they can find you a little bit later in the show. But are you a big fan of jumping on social media and having conversations with people? Oh, for sure. It's, it's fun to talk to people about books because it's what I love. And it's obviously what they love, too. And so anytime someone wants to talk about books, I'm, I'm down with that. So what's your favorite social media platform? I, I'm still a Facebook girl just because it's easier for me to put links up. I wish I could put links up easier in Instagram that people could just click on because I like the pictures in Instagram, but I'm, I'm still old school. I guess I'm an old girl. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. But because you're kind of an older gal in the publishing industry at this point, you've been out for three and a half years as a published author. I want to know what have you actually learned along your journey that you didn't know in the beginning that really you implement strongly into your brand now? I think that what I've learned the most um, since I started out was what an important thing it is to connect with your readers. I think that a lot of times you think about yourself like an author and you're sitting, you know, in your house or in your coffee shop or wherever you write. And it's kind of you and the computer screen and your story and you're putting your experiences into words and you're really good at that. But learning to understand how your readers see the characters and how to put their experiences into a character is kind of a big deal that I didn't realize when I was starting out. I love that. All right. I want to talk just a little bit about some of the obstacles that you faced as an author. So jumping into your publishing life three and a half years ago, along the journey, what obstacles have you faced and how have you overcome them? I had zero money to publish when I started. I was at home with my tiny little kids and my husband was working 60 hours a week and we were barely covering the bills. So I didn't have any money for covers or for advertising or for anything. So I'm a complete bootstrapper. I started with, I couldn't even afford Photoshop at the beginning. So I started with a free cover creation program and made my own covers and eventually made enough money to afford Photoshop to make better covers until now when I can afford illustrations. But it was like a long, slow journey of slowly making enough money to be able to afford covers and advertising and everything that I needed. And so a big, a big part of the journey for me that's different than people who start out who have enough money to actually invest in their business <laughs> was learning how to make um, make do with, with less and learning how to um, slowly build to where you could have a better product. So as someone who started out without having a lot of funds to invest into your books, if someone were just coming into the industry right now, they don't have a lot of funds, where would you suggest that they focus their monetary investment most and first? I'd put... I put money first into something like Book Funnel, where you put your book up and you can um, distribute it to readers easily and be part of like group promotions. So that when you connect with other authors and they're willing to share their reader groups with you, 
are willing to do a cross-promotion, you have some way to distribute that book for free to readers to get them on your mailing list. Because a mailing list can be really powerful even now, even with it being less effective than it used to be, it's still powerful enough to reach readers and tell them about your next book. So that's like, I think, 20 bucks a month. I would, I would, that was where my first 20 bucks a month went. <laughs> and that's where I'd have people put that today too, before you get to advertising, even before you have great covers, I think finding readers is your first priority. Okay, so how have you as an author built your readership? What did you do to get that fandom? So I started that way with giving away um, a free book to people and putting them on my mailing list. And then since then, most of my new readers come from either reading my books that they found and then signing up to my mailing list, or they find me on the ads that I run. And I run some really long standing Facebook ads. So they have hundreds of comments at this point from people who've read my books and who have an experience with them that they want to share. And I think that that's the main way now that I'm connecting with people. They see that other people liked or didn't like a book, and then they make their own judgment on it from there. Now, as you are creating your books, I know you've got a really strict writing schedule. So what does that look like for you? So I write five days a week because on the weekends, I have little tiny kids that need my help. Um, so five days a week, I write and I have a, um, a word count a day of 5,000 words that I want to hit except for editing days, obviously. And I don't write on editing days. I just edit. And I edit. I, my goal is to edit 10,000 words a day when I'm editing. So um, that usually takes me a pretty good chunk of the day to do either 5,000 new words or 10,000 edited words. I usually sit down. I, I sit in a comfy chair in my living room, which apparently is terrible for your back. So I'm going to have to fix that eventually. And every 1,000 words or so, I get up. I, I move around and do chores and a couple exercises because you really do have to watch out that you don't hurt your neck or back from sitting for too long. Or I'll take like a 1,000 words and stand for that 1,000 words at my kitchen countertop. And I write on my laptop and I have a book beside me that has um, any plotting details or story Bible stuff that I need for the book. So I can reference that easily because it's beside me and I have my cup of coffee beside me. And I just drink coffee and write for that chunk of time. And I use ForTheWords.com, which is a productivity tool for writers. And just kind of, you battle little monsters with your word count. And if you're like me and, you, and you're like really aggressively competitive about these things, then you really want to battle the little monsters to get a lot of words in and, and get your special cool items that you can win. Um, so I use that to help me with my productivity in the day. And I usually in the morning, before I start writing, I like to look over my notes and think about where I want to go with the story. I'm not a super strong plotter. I'm like a plant stir I think they call it where you've got like a loose plot but how you get there is kind of in the moment so I kind of look over you know where are we headed today and then I sit down and start working on that and I have to hit my 5,000 words before I can stop and go do something fun or a different chore. Now to put this into perspective you are actually a serial fiction author so that means you put out books every how many days? Well my novellas have been every 18 days but this coming year, I'm moving back into novels. So that's going to only be one a month. Okay. So you are putting out quite a bit of content. And that's why you write so quickly. So do you kind of feel like that is a good place people should be aiming for when they are doing this kind of serialized content? I don't think it's where you should start. Um, I only got up to 5,000 words after three years of pushing my limits 
day after day. I know there's people who do a lot more than that. And I know there's people who do a lot less. And I was in the a lot less camp for most of this time because that's a lot of words to put out. Um, I think that to, I think that early on when I was doing 18, every 18 days, I was able to do it at 2,500 words a day. And cause I was only doing one series at a time. And I think that's probably a comfortable, comfortable place to aim for. <laughs> so starting out on a lower word count, did you have a strategy to get yourself up to your current word count or did it kind of just happen by adding a little bit a day? I added a little bit at intervals. So I would write I started off, I only had a thousand word a day um, level when I first started out because that's the most I could possibly handle. And I would do that every day. And then I moved it up to 1200 after a few months. And then when I was comfortable with that, I moved it up again. And I kept, every time I felt comfortable with my word count, I would move it up again until now where I'm still not comfortable. But if I ever get comfortable with five, I'm sure I'll move it up again. (laughs) That's so funny. Now, you mentioned a little bit about what your writing space looks like and the things that you have around you. Can you talk to me about what desktop looks like for you, uh, what programs you're using, how are you kind of strategizing what you're doing as you're planting your writing, um, and how do you kind of keep track of your characters and your world building, the things you're doing within your story? So I use Word. I know lots of people prefer Scrivener because you can put all this stuff in there, but I'm just an old-fashioned Word girl, and I like that. So I have Word up running on my computer, and I've got um, a sticky note program running in the background, and anything that I want to throw on one of those sticky notes, they work just like a physical sticky note, and they're all over my desktop screen, just like hundreds of electronic sticky notes, and some of them are plotting ideas. And some of them are marketing ideas I had while I was supposed to be writing. So instead of going off and doing them, I just write it on a sticky. So I'll remember to do it later because I have a memory like a sieve. Some of them are dates I should remember. But if I don't put them on the sticky, I won't remember that I'm supposed to remember that date. And a lot of them are just plotting ideas. Or if I'm writing and I'm thinking of something that I should have fixed a few chapters ago, I'll throw them on a sticky so that I can remember to do that when I'm editing. Like, oh, go back and change this detail because you've changed it now since then. It's not that color anymore. And then I also have my notebook beside me. And it's like a physical book. And that's where I keep my story Bible and maps. And um, like if, if any snatches of conversation or something that I think could, could be great for later on in the book. And I often also have an electronic story Bible where I just throw any new character's name or a place or if I like have a prophecy or a puzzle they're going to have to solve that I'm going to have to refer to later, I throw that in there. And I like it in an electronic format because then I can search in it. Instead of having to like flip through a notebook where you have to look with your eyes, you can just like type in a word and search through the document for it. And some of them get pretty long, like my Dragon School serial, which was 20 books long. The the section of notes is even just, it's super long. It's like 10,000 words of notes. I'm a big electronic fan as well. I really like doing things digitally. So do you find you kind of do that when you are taking notes for your book while you're out and about? Do you use your phone? Do you write things down? Do you do this for your grocery list? Because I definitely do that. Yeah, the notes program on my um, the notes app on my iPhone is highly well used. It's everything from ideas I had while driving to yes, my grocery list and notes about who I'm doing marketing with or which people are going to share my book when it launches or anything else I can think of. 
That's amazing. Are, are you someone who likes to use kind of a planner to plan out your life, both writing and outside of writing? And do you prefer like paper planners or do you actually go with digital calendars? You know what's funny? I hate planners. Hate them. Because I'm such a list girl that if there's something left on my list at the end of the day that didn't get done, I can't go to sleep at night. And so I don't like to make like lists of things I'm going to do or like goals that I write down because I get really anxious about that. So I have a paper calendar in my kitchen and I do put stuff on that. But otherwise, I don't like to make like like planner kind of lists or appointments in there because I feel like way too nailed down and I freak out. And so I just have like loose, I have like loose optional kind of planning. (laughs) So if you don't plan in the future, do you kind of plan out your day specifically with your writing or do you just kind of see where you go for the day? So I have goals for like word counts I have to hit and I have like I have loose marketing goals for the week of things I want to get done. Like I want to go check my ads on this thing and I want to make a new ad for that. Or I want to uh, finish up the paperback formatting for this book. But I don't have them as like set goals. Therefore, if I have time, I'll squeeze them in. So like last night, my kids went to bed and my husband went up to go do a music practice. And that's when I sat down and like formatted three paperbacks because I had like a section of time. But if it had been on my like to-do list, I would have been freaking out all day because I wouldn't have known when I would have crammed that in. Now you're kind of a bootstrapper. You like to handle the things within your own business on your own. Did you kind of have a system for learning these different things like formatting your own books, creating your own covers, doing your own ads? Did you have a process for learning these things or did you just kind of pick it up as you went? Well, I was really lucky because when I first started publishing, that's right when Mark Dawson was first advertising his ads for authors course. And I think it was the very it was either the very first one or the very second one that I took. And so I learned all my advertising from that course or initially. And I still would recommend that for anybody who's first starting out because it will really ground you in how to run ads and how to know if they're any good. <laughs> um, so that's how I learned that. And I learned it like as I was publishing my very first book. So it was right off the get-go. And it was kind of in his group that I found resources for the other things that I needed to learn. So I, I, met, I um, found... Um, Derek Murphy's Creative Indie, and he has lots of tips on formatting and lots of tips on um, on cover design. And I learned a lot of what I know about cover design from studying his stuff. He's got all kinds of free tools in there for authors who are just starting out. And um, then I took a course online from like I can't remember it was like Teachable or something um, on how to use Photoshop that walked me like through like the whole. Just, just the basic techniques. And from that, f- combining that and Derek's information on how a cover should look, because that's different than just anything else in Photoshop. That's how I learned to do covers. My first covers were terrible, but I like to think that my ones these days are not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Improvement is always good, right? Are you somebody who likes to test out your covers and test out your ads? Do you just kind of jump in and do one? Or do you like try a couple of things and see what works best for you and then adapt? Well, you should test your ads. I'm bad at that. I mostly just put up what I think really should sell it. But um, if they fail, then in a couple of days, I have to do another one anyhow. (laughs) So I guess they work like tests. My covers, I've mostly just, I'll I'll set something up and then I'll get opinions from a few people in the industry whose opinions I trust who are in my genre who will say, 
all of that. Like, like the last time I did one, my, my good friend, she looked at it and she said, oh, that looks really 80s, Sarah. You need to, you totally need to change the colors on that. And it turned out she was right. I asked like three other people because I didn't believe her and they were all like, yeah, that's pretty 80s, Sarah. So then I was able to change the colors on it and fix that. So it wasn't so 80s. So I always ask a few people. And if you know who's selling in your genre and they're your friends, then that's a person to ask. That's amazing. I love that. And I love that you kind of listen to everyone's opinions and bring that into what you're doing and adapt so that you make sure that you're actually putting out really high quality products. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more from Sarah K.L. Wilson. As an author, one of the most important things that we have in our arsenal to grow our brand and really sell our books is our newsletter. This is how we reach out to our fans. And when social media can sometimes occasionally fail and people can miss things, our readers who are on our newsletters never miss any of the amazing content that we send out. And I actually email my newsletter once a week and have so much content for them. I actually have to set some aside for the next week because I can't possibly put it all in a single email. But I know that getting people to sign up for an email newsletter is hard, especially when there's so many bad author newsletters out there. So one of the things that I do to be a little bit different, to be a little bit higher end, is use a really good sign-up page. And this is absolutely not the one that comes with my email service provider. Those are very basic, but they don't give information. It's not a good way to communicate with my fans what they're going to be getting, what they're going to be seeing, and what they're doing when they sign up for my newsletter. So the most important thing that I have in my arsenal to really grow my newsletter is a little program called Lead Pages. And Lead Pages is amazing. It basically lets you create your own one-page website to sign up for your newsletter and connects to whichever email service provider you have. So I create this gorgeous sign-up page. It's got images of my books on it, the things that I'm giving away for free. It allows me to add words so that I can clearly communicate that people are jumping into my newsletter and signing up for what I'm doing on my newsletter. And they get all this really cool stuff when they sign up and throughout all the newsletters that I'm sending to them. And I know that I couldn't have grown the way that I did so rapidly, so quickly, and so well without using lead pages. I've been using this program for years. I've recommended it to all of my students, both as an author and as a social media strategist, and people have just seen incredible growth when they jump into using lead pages. It's a drag and drop template. It's so easy to use, and you can actually integrate it with your email service provider and with your WordPress-based website. There are so many things you can do. I highly recommend it. And if you're interested, you can actually go to leadpages.heyimwriting.com and I can get you a 14-day free trial and maybe a little bit of advice on how to use this as well. So make sure you check it out, leadpages.heyimwriting.com for more. Let's dive back in. So you've created this really great group of influencers around you to help you build out what you're doing within your book industry and within your brand. But I want to talk to you about the advice you have for people who are just getting into the industry. I know you've given us some really great advice today, but if you were talking specifically to someone who is putting or is working to put out a book in the near future, what would you tell them? I think the first thing I tell them is to really nail down story because a great story is what sells your book in the long run. Um, my favorite resource for that is the Story Grid. They have a podcast about the, um, how to tell a great story from an editor who's been in the business for 25 years. And they have a book that tells you about structure in a way that 
I haven't found anywhere else that I found extremely helpful in, in the early days of understanding story. So my first thing would be really understand story and pay attention to the genre that you're writing for. Pick one. That's actually, actually that's, that's a really good piece of advice for aspiring authors because almost everyone I know who's publishing their first book, it doesn't fit a genre. It's like I did a steampunk time travel comedy and there's nowhere to solve that thing. So pick a genre and study it well. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good first step before you ever publish so you know where your book would fit when you finally get there. I think that's incredibly important because a lot of people don't know where their book fits and people just getting into the industry do have trouble pinpointing that even after they've written it, even maybe if they have studied the genre and they've tried to get it in there, it can be a little hard for them. So that's great advice. Moving on, I want your advice for people who are brand new in the industry. So their book is coming out in the next couple of months or they just recently put a book out. What would you tell them? So if you've just been putting out your first book, the very most important thing to do is to write your next book because one book you can't you cannot make enough money to publish the next book with just one book you need more than one you need many books so get working on that second book and make a lot of friends so find other people at your same level who also have just started out um, in that genre and you guys can kind of move up together as you figure things out. Because sometimes people who've been in the industry for a long time, they can't even remember how to do the things that have become so natural to them now. So the questions you ask, they might not be able to even answer in a way that's helpful to you because that's not a question on their minds anymore. But people who are in the same place as you figuring these things out are like, okay, I just learned that yesterday and this is how you do it. So find people who are like on the same level as you who are just starting, make friends with them and together you can kind of figure these things out as you go through. That is so incredibly valuable. And that actually brings me to my next question because you've been in the industry for three and a half years. So what advice do you have for people who have been in the industry for a couple of years now? So if you've been there for a while, you've probably seen some ups and downs. I know that I have. So I guess my first piece of advice for people who've been there for a while is to hang in there because sometimes you can get disappointed because things haven't gone exactly the way you wanted or because they were going really well and suddenly they're not. Um, and just know that we all have to go through that part where we figure out, okay, I was good before. I'm not so good now. What does that look like today? So just know you're not alone. And my second piece of advice for people who've been there for a while is you really have to nail ads these days. In the old days, you could ride just on um, cross promotions and free giveaways, and that's just not the case anymore. Now you really have to know your, your stuff on advertising. So find a good ad course from somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. There's a few people like that. Um, there's a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about, and they have ad courses. And so really research that carefully before you invest, but get a good course and learn what you're doing with ads. So you mentioned that we all go through these ups and downs. Sometimes it can be a little hard and things don't necessarily go the way that we had planned. So looking back as a three and a half year published author, what would you tell your debut self about everything you were going to go through? I tell myself, um, first of all, I tell myself to pick up a lane already because I was hopping from genre to genre and trying wide and KU and back and forth. You got to pick a lane and commit because people who pick a lane and commit do well and people who hop all over the place do poorly. So that's the first thing I would have told myself. And the second thing is um, that it's, it's worth it to celebrate wins. 
I have a tendency to, if something's going really well, I'm so worried that it's going to stop going well that I don't even take time to celebrate that. So celebrate it while it's happening because once it's gone, you'll be sorry that you didn't. Um, yeah, celebrate wins and pick a lane. That's amazing. And I really feel like it's important to celebrate the wins because they go by so fast when you're so busy writing your next book and working on your ads and handling your covers and working on your marketing. So what do you do when you celebrate your wins? Well, I think for me, it's just like taking a moment to be glad about it. Um, I don't do anything really dramatic, but just taking enough time or even like taking a screenshot of something. Like there was a few months in 2018 where I was number seven or eight in YA every single day. And it was amazing. And I didn't take time, like after the first day, I was like, oh, that's nice. And I didn't take time to like screenshot things and get really excited on social media and really enjoy it. Um, I was just thinking about the next thing. And now that I'm nowhere near that, I kind of wish I'd taken some more time to just sit and, and just enjoy the moment. Now, if you had more time to go back in what you were doing, what would you really want to focus on now that you've kind of seen what happens when you made the choices that you made within your writing? I think if earlier on I had learned um, how to write likable characters, I would have done better. I write characters who are a lot like me, and I, it turns out I'm not a very likable person, or so I figure since everyone says that those like characters you. are not very likable. <laughs> <laughs> We like you here. You're a wonderful exception. But, but I, think, I think that that's something I would have focused like more of my time on and that I, I'm still working on is making sure that my characters are very likable. That's so interesting. I love kind of looking back and seeing where we've been, where we've gone, and what we would tweak. Now, have you implemented these things into your writing as it is now? Um, like going forward? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I, I, I haven't gone back and rewritten any series. I just like to write new ones. So, but yes, I, I've learned from past mistakes about which characters fly. I've learned, um, I learned that people don't like a male protagonist in a YA series. My, um, my follow-up to Dragon School had a male protagonist and it bombed. And then I did another one with a girl in the same world and it does great. So I, I learned an important lesson. Don't write purely from a male perspective in YA. And so I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. And I thought, you know, that's a good, that's a good lesson to learn. <laughs> Interesting. Have you ever done dual perspectives within your stories? Do you feel like that works a little bit better with the guy and the girl? Yeah, I think that works just fine too. It's, I think, well, for me, it was just a primarily male perspective was was just not selling and I, I asked around and everybody was like yeah why did you do that and I didn't realize it was a thing until I did it and didn't do so well at it that's amazing though because I really like testing these things out and trying these things out is there other things that you've actually tested that haven't gone well for you yeah um I, I tend to write at a very quick pace with not a ton of detail. And I heard readers complaining they wanted more details in books. So I tried writing with a different style that was a lot more detailed and a bit heavier. And those books didn't do well for me. So I think that what I learned from that is stick with what you're good at and don't try to imitate somebody else's style. Um, another thing that I learned... Um, that I learned from, from failing at it was not to... Like I tried to go wide with a series when all my other books are in KU and hopping back and forth kind of killed the launch of that series and its success overall. So I, again, I have to learn to pick a lane. Well, Sarah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for all of your great advice today. I want to talk a little bit about your books. I know you've got a lot of them out. So tell me what you're working on now and tell me what else people can be looking for within your books. 
So I'm best known for my dragon series. I've done Dragon School, Dragon Chameleon, and Dragon Tide, which is wrapping up in January. And those are all um, novellas about dragons for people 13 plus. But I'm moving now this next year into um, books about the Fae. It's, it's also clean YA fiction, but really fun. So if you liked um, The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, or if you liked An Enchantment of Ravens by Margaret Rogerson, then you're going to love Fae Hunter by Sarah K.L. Wilson. I've got a great cover by a guy named Luciano Fletus uh, that I'm kind of in love with. And I can't wait to do this series. I've already written the first book and it's going out to my beta reader um, today. And I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Also, I have a, a romantic fantasy on the side that's going on. I, um, it's three books out so far. Summer Night, um, Dawn Spell, and Autumn Gale. And the next two come out in February and May. So I'm going to be wrapping that series up this year too. Amazing. Uh, you are very active on social media. I love watching you over on Facebook and Instagram and all of your social media. So where can people find you to hang out and talk about your books? So you can find me on Instagram. I'm Sarah K.L. Wilson. That's the letters K and L. Um, and also on Facebook, Sarah K.L. Wilson. Um, very simple. And I'd love to chat with you and take a look at your photos if you're on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for all the advice. We cannot wait to have you back. Thank you. And a little bonus for you guys, we actually got Sarah to stick around for a fan question. Hi Sarah, why did you choose to write serial novellas instead of full-length novels for your dragon series? Well, I originally chose serial novellas because that was how fast I could write. I couldn't put out a novel a month at the time. So I thought, well, the best I can do is a novella. And I was seeing some other people put them out and I thought, well, I have this great broad story, but it comes in these amazing little chunks. So I'm going to put them out as novellas and it can be fast paced and exciting for everybody to read them that way. And as I got thinking about it, I was like, this is like a TV show and I love TV shows. I'm not a movie girl. I'm all about the serial TV shows and you watch them like you can either binge watch them or just watch one right now while you're waiting for your kids to come off the school bus. And so they were a perfect fit for me. Thanks for the question. Okay, how amazing was this first episode of Hey, I'm Writing? I am so thankful that Sarah decided to come on the show and be our very first guest because she has so much knowledge and so much experience within this industry, and she's so giving of herself. So major shout out to Sarah K. L. Wilson there. If you guys have not hit up our social media, please make sure you do and let her know that you heard today's episode. And in the next episode, we're actually going to be taking a look at five lessons from your first year of being published. So if you're just jumping into this industry or you are within your first year, here are some things that people don't tell you and they don't talk about. It's a behind the scenes look at the first year of publishing, some of those things that you don't really know you're going to come up against. I'm going to break down everything you need to know in our second episode of Hey, I'm Writing. And in upcoming episodes, we have some amazing guest stars and really great origin stories. I can't wait for you guys to hear them and meet some of these guests. But if you have an author you would love to see on the show, we would love to hear from you. Come on over to HeyImWriting.com and recommend an author to come on your show. Or if you're an author, let us know that you would like to come chat with us as well on the spin-off of our live broadcast talk show, Young Adult Edition. And you can join me every single Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Facebook.com slash Young Adult Edition for the live talk show where we have some of these guests and other guests joining us to break down everything you need to know about the young adult world. We talk about breaking book world news, the new releases for the week, and a really amazing topic every single Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
right on facebook.com slash young adult edition. And we've just implemented a brand new giveaway every single week. So you could win a physical prize like a book or bookmarks or all sorts of bookish swag. So come join us. It's lots of fun. You've got 24 hours to comment on the live show on YouTube or on Facebook. And we do all the fun things over at Young Adult Edition. I would love for you guys to come join us. And you can check out bonus content on heyimwriting.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. I can't wait for you guys to see these upcoming episodes. This is going to be such a great podcast. And I will see you again in the next episode. Until then, have a great day and stay inspired.